Welcome back, everybody, to the Dudes and Drinks podcast. Now, we're going to hop right back into this. Sorry we had a little bit of a delay. Life's been crazy. Summer's hitting hard. Good times, though. But we're back, and we're ready to record. This episode, we're going to be talking about adventuring, specifically how to create an adventure. Um, As a template for this, we're going to start talking about how it fits into our world uh, that we've been building in the previous episodes. So, stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. I'm joined here today with both Tony and Tyler. So, let's hop right into it. I'll start off by talking about what I'm drinking. Tonight, I got a fancy little white wine. It's a Greek white called Asritiko. I don't know. I tried my best. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm pairing that with um, a very classy meal of flavor-blasted goldfish. So, I'm going to have a great is- night. Fucking gross. Is, I, I didn't know about the goldfish. <laughs> yeah, you weren't here whenever he was talking about that. That is fucking nasty. Oh. I'm I sorry, the, 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 the ass-re-tico fucking killed me. <laughs> like, you, you practiced pronouncing it, and then you still pronounced it. <laughs> I'll try my best. Syllable by syllable. <laughs> um, what flavor of flavor blasted goldfish? Probably cheddar. 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 This swine. Jet Je- just loves uh, flavor blasted cheddar goldfish. Dude, the yeah, because they're fucking good. But not with the fucking wine. <laughs> yeah, the, the wine is an odd choice. Like I, I, I can't. I can't really talk. I have a refined palate. I, I Honestly, I have a hard time finding meals that pair well with wine like i know i can just look it up but i'd rather just do like the guess and check method mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um darwinism but, no like i know like white wine will go well with like chicken and stuff like that but yeah, like the general rules match the color of the wine to the color of the protein but like red wine doesn't go well with like I don't know. Maybe I haven't found the right pasta, but it doesn't go good. It doesn't go well with with like pasta with a red sauce. At least I haven't found the right one, or I'm just still not used to wine quite yet. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a good point. I'm just bad. I'm still learning how to like getting like used to cooking because I'm trying to again no recipes because I'm a dumbass. Um, I'm, I really want to start like pairing foods together and like the flavors and stuff like that, but I just don't know what like pair well. So I should probably like, you know, like look this shit up, but I'll get there eventually. I guess I'll go next. Uh, so I am drinking a leftover from our, oh God, I think it was vacation, a, not vacation. I don't know what happened to my alcohol from vacation. I think Larry took it. It is a Mad Dog 2020 Spiked Punch. Um, sweet blue raspberry flavored. Um, I like my blue raspberry flavored shit. It is kind of like whenever I want a sweet alcoholic drink, it's what I go for. Um, tastes good. Um, I'm pairing it with some 2021 vintage of uh, Cran Raspberry. <laughs> juice and i made some buffalo chicken sandwiches earlier today for dinner so that was good um yeah tyler what are you drinking <laughs> i am so i'm sorry for judging you brad 
It's okay. I am That's drinking good. a gallon of Arizona green tea <laughs> with a pack, with a family sized pack of double stuffed Oreos. Oh. <laughs> Yo, did you we're, see we're absolute gremlins tonight. <laughs> we are. Um, did you see that Oreo came up with like one that was like three different colors of filling and it has fucking pop rocks in it or something? <laughs> I'm looking it up. I, I, I swear I saw it. I'm fucking throw up. But yeah, that's what I'm drinking tonight. I drank like half a gallon of green iced tea with Oreos. And of course, you know, you, you have to dip it. You have to dunk them. In so the I'm green tea. It. Yeah, I'm dunking. Yes. So, so <laughs> it's fucking gross. I was slightly wrong. It's not tricolored filling. It's just the normal vanilla flavoring filling from the look of it. But it does have Pop Rocks inside it. It's the Firework Oreo Limited Edition. Oh, fuck. I got a little bit of goldfish in my wine. <sighs> How many glasses of wine are you in? By, like, a standard drink, I think I'm about one in. But my glass, quite a bit. So the first thing that I like to think about when creating a one-shot or small adventure, um, I, I want to start with like the premise. You know, what, what kind of story am I hoping to tell? I find in one-shots and adventures like this, um, they're generally a little bit more, like, I don't want to say railroady, but like more well-defined. Straightforward. Uh, there is a little bit less choice and long-term consequences for the party because you have to tell the whole story within you know a session or two. So we talked a little bit earlier about what we want this premise to be. Um, and one of the things that we might want to explore is like a direct confrontation with the Avens around Jinstire. Uh, we kind of know that there's like the mountains nearby and the Avens are a threat. Uh, but I feel like it might be cool to kind of talk about why they're threatening, what that threat looks like, and how the town deals with the threats. Uh, particularly from like a player slash adventure slash town guard type perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, the Avens themselves mm -hmm. and the kind of danger that they kind of impose on the city and the threat that they just it's the always uncertainty of when are they going to attack are they going to attack where are they going to attack type of thing I feel like is what kind of should be driven home at least at the beginning of the adventure um, and then from there we can expand out into what I mentioned before Yep. sorry if that doesn't answer your question Well, so we've talked a little bit before about why the Avens are causing problems in the city. Um, and the general conclusion we came to is that it mostly comes down to like a territorial issue. Yeah. So th this territorial issue, obviously the Avens probably want you know the people of Jinstire out of Jinstire because uh, that's their land, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there anything special? So, okay, I think we should establish. Do we think that this is going to be like an assault on Jinstire? Like some of the, some of the Avens of the mountains are going to come and attack. Yeah. So that's how I kind of envision it starting out. Is or are we starting out like a full war? Like, is it going to be like like an attack of like of, of like like a couple dozen? 
Um, it's, it's not so really like a, a good question. Full out war of like thousands of them, but like I like a like a couple dozen, like you said. Um, maybe a few more, like but like an initial, like yeah, like an initial assault, almost like the way I kind of envision it is um, season one, episode one of Attack on Titan. Um, and this is how, like, it would get kind of, um, what's it called? Portrayed to the players. Like, it's just a normal day. Everyone's going about their business. And then out of nowhere, the Avens attack and kind of, like, do a raid and, like, um, do a what? Helms of Deep. That's <laughs> kind of. But from uh, the sky. <laughs> A bit more unexpected, though. So, like, yeah. Um, okay, I have a few questions to follow this up that would that will definitely guide the adventure. Um, are the Avens they they want the people of Gensire out because of territory? Do they do they want to do they are they going to do that at any like okay okay at any cost probably, but are they going to do that uh, with? no intention of trying not to harm the civilians or are they just trying to scare the people away like 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 break their trade routes and like like infrastructure and stuff but not try to actually like go out of their way to kill people okay so the avens for sure know that jin is a big city and they could probably assume that sending in like two dozen avens probably just isn't enough it's to take suicide. over the city it's definitely suicide. Yeah. So why why are they attacking? Maybe they're attacking for something different. Well, like to, to aid the territorial dispute, but maybe they need something else too. Like maybe they're trying to like steal some resources or uh, like assassinate a particular target, or or they're trying to eliminate and thin out some of the chimeras for whenever they come in with a larger force. I I think how Jinstar is big. Yeah, Jinsar is like Jinsar is like, isn't it that we have it as the capital, right? Yeah, it's big, big. This is the big fucking city. So like, if they're gonna send twelve Avens in, then they're gonna have to be stealthy as shit. Well, like, maybe like two not Avens. Like, like this is gonna is like if you send in like a too big of a force but too small of a force, they're gonna be detected and they're gonna be slaughtered. Like, yeah. So the way so. I envision it is like they kind of it's more of a. It is a bit of a suicide run almost, I feel like. Like, it would be... Um, it's a small enough group that the Avens can sneak in and get to the city without being detected. But once they're they're there and ready to attack, that's whenever they just full frontal just kind of attack, like, from within the city almost. Or we can have it where they attack from the air coming towards the city. But I think if, like... The Avens kind of, like you said, infiltrate, kind of get within the city itself, and then attack, and then hit key points, and then try and escape. Um, probably might be a bit more impactful. So, so they're gonna be, they're gonna be like guerrilla kind of shit. Like I can imagine, like, um, yeah. Hmm. So that's that's just going on on the premise of a small group, like. 24 like 24 to 50 like it can be a larger group it could be a couple hundred that attack so i think we do have to flush like you said how big is this group that's attacking 
and get that kind of solidified before we move forward. What do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely think it should be like an, a, a gorilla type attack, um, but I think they should have a little bit of an objective. They're definitely. I, I think maybe like stealing some resources or something would be cool, because then we could kind of explore like another particular like location in the city that might have resources. Is the city of a mine? Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's, yeah, I guess uh, so. it's an old dwarven city. Like it started out as so a dwarven we, settlement. So are we staying, so. everything in like a quarry? I don't think it's much of a quarry. Like it's got to be a, it's got to be something that the Avens can't get on their own. But would be precious enough that it would cause them to come in to try and like steal and attack. And are they are the Avens trying to take the resource, or they're just trying to destroy it? I think they're. I think taking it might be funner. More fun. But like, but like, fun. well, once they take it, how are they gonna get out with it? If there's only like a dozen of them. Yeah, but without having a hundred chimeras on your ass. They fly fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing is, we it needs to be a big enough com of a commotion that gets the adventuring party invested. So, what if it's I, not in like downtown Jinstar? What if it's on like a small outskirt or something? What if, what if you kind of like mislead the players into what's going to happen? So maybe the one shot kind of starts in Jinstar, uh, and your goal was doing one thing, and then that goal leads you to like the outskirts or something, and then as you're at that outskirts, that's when the attack breaks out. What if, so you know how we have it set up so that there is kind of the natural mountain wall defense around the city, right? Mm -hmm. What if the players are on the outskirts, they're by the, the wall, the, the, mountain, the mountainous wall, trying to kind of inspecting it, and the Avon somehow blow up a portion of it or destroy a portion of it or yeah, so like, do like, something what, like that? What if they're... Like okay, what like what if they're still doing guerrilla tactics, but they're targeting infrastructure of the city instead of so like trying the, to get a resource. So yeah, so like the major walls, or they're attacking the supply chains leaving the city, or they're attacking the passes out of the city and removing. Um, they can fly. They can go wherever the fuck they want. They attack the main like road infrastructure in and out of the city and. Jin Steyer loses one of their main forms of transport. So that's another option. Yeah, so the Avens definitely know that the, the city's getting pretty good at dealing with them. So I think they need to change their tactics. Yeah. Like, like sabotaging, like, like, entrance gates into the walls or yeah. the wall itself. And then, like, uh... Maybe, maybe like production lines inside the city, like goods. Because one yeah. of the main exports of Jinsire is stone, which means they, they probably have a quarry. And then, like, there, there's a lot of shit they can target. And we're, we're on the edge. Aren't, isn't Jinsire, like, uh, 
It's in the middle of the mountains. But uh, didn't we say it was a massive? There was a massive like lake. Mm-hmm. Yes. The city, so like, so like aqueduct, um, like aqueductal, like infrastructure and stuff. Attacking the aqueducts and removing their water. Yeah, that could work. Um, like flooding part of the city because the entire city is on a mountainside. The entire city is on like the, like it's on the edge of like the lake, like going up. Isn't it going up a bowl? Pretty yeah, much it's, it, the, the city pretty much is inside of a bowl. Yeah. Oh, what if what if they kind of scoped around the top of Jinstar and then like threw rocks or pushed rocks or some shit or caused rock slides at the top that kind of sweeps down the bowl, taking shit yeah. out on the way. It's just massive, like massive, like uh, falling rocks. Oh my god, dude! You get to tell a player that they died by rock, like rocks fall. Rocks fall, you die. <laughs> Rocks fall, you die. No, so, and, and that would be great because we could have the players like actually like um, the players can be just there next to um, the mountainside where the avens blow up a part of it to cause the rock slide yeah. and the rocks falling. Um, no, I think that would work perfectly. So annoying. I'm so mad. Yeah. I think that'd work really well. Cool. It's like torn, torn. It's not even staying on the fucking piece anymore. Freak out. <laughs> Tyler's having a rough time with his glasses. I'm so mad, cause like I was, I just lifted my glasses above my face and I was rub, and I, I was just like, I had it on my forehead, and then, like I was like, I was like scratching like under my eyes, and then I touched it. It was sitting on the bridge of my nose still, <laughs> while the glasses were off my forehead. Like it just fucking fell off right on my nose. You're like son of a bitch. Fucking annoyed, dude. Yeah. Rip. I changed drinks. I think I have to. I think I'm legally allowed to, like, have to announce that in our podcast. What's the new drink? I've switched to a half gallon of apple cider. Nice, nice, which is nice. arguably worse with Oreos, but we will. That that that's subjective. Leave it in the comments. You see, the the, the trick <laughs> is with the apple cider is you gotta just let the Oreos just sit in there and get soggy at the bottom, and then you have to scoot them out with a spoon. Right, dude. Chocolate, like it, it's it's literally it's literally candy apple. It's <laughs> all right. So I like I like rocks fall. Okay. Rocks fall, so. What if parties in Jinstire and they're doing something? Um, the the initial quest is to you know check up on something, and then as they're doing that, you know rocks start falling. They're just like oh shit, and they investigate, see some avens, and then we just kind of take it from there. Yeah, cool. So um, yeah. so when so, the, when the players see the rock falls, right? So there's gonna be a progression of the story here. Um, mm-hmm. well, actually, first before we get into this, what level are the players gonna be? So, players get the ability to fly using, like, spells and shit at level 5. So, because the main threat is Avens, who are flying people, um, we want to factor that in. If they're below level 5, it might be a little bit harder, because they don't have other ways to fly. If they're above level 5, they might have the fly spell. Not that that's a big deal, because we can easily write it in a way that flying isn't required. I really do not want them to be able to fly. Alright. I want them to have to dodge rocks. Yeah, I can get behind that. The entire session is them climbing the hillside. <laughs> so that means like four is the highest they can go, really? Yeah, I'd probably get level three. Three? Okay, that's fine. Probably. I'd probably get level three. 
you know, three's good because then they at least all get their archetypes. That's that's basically like the lowest level it could be, which means that the threats that we present also have to be appropriate for that, which we could we could easily make do. So if the party, okay. So if we're good with level three, let's talk about the plot progression a little bit. So they start off, what is like the initial lead? Um, who, are, who are they working for? Why is the party together? Yeah, I was about to. Um, so we have, we have two approaches for this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, okay, that approach really wouldn't work that well. I mean, I guess it, I guess it wouldn't a one shot. It's assumed, like everybody gets a separate invitation to like, to like like our, like the region's like, uh, official. And then they all meet in the region in the official's office, you know. And the officials like the officials like, like like I like you guys have been resourceful to Dinstar before, um, uh, on your own accord, and we have a problem that we don't have time to send our guards to deal with kind of thing mm -hmm. so what are they investigating uh what if it's just the rocks falling well i want the rocks falling to kind of be so like, like a like surprise happen. surprise okay yeah. um it could be investigating oh okay. uh, so what if they kind of started off talking to like what are like the guard captains or whatever and then he's just like hey yo thanks for coming I need you guys to go meet somebody else who's important. And yeah. then on the way to them going to meet this other important person, you know, should, rocks fall. Yeah, that makes it easy. And then, like, so I think a cool quest for that, for, like, the like the beginning one that really, like, uh, do we, we, we can give, like, a precursor quest. We, we can give a foreshadow quest. Mm -hmm. Not not about the rocks falling, but, like, but, like, but, like the the quest we give them initially here that that gets overridden by the rocks falling is is a good quest for a another one shot that 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 a different party picks up you know yeah like like I'm thinking something like like what if there are what if there are uh something like like uh, uh mutated harpies or something that that are flying into the city one by one and blending in with the populace or something like that i think that'd be pretty cool mm -hmm. like 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 harpies that don't show like like that are either really good at hiding or don't show like their vulture limbs as well you know yeah unless if the harpies i mean i guess the harpies would be uh uh specifically uh um, I guess harpies are like actual just monsters, so they probably wouldn't be good at that. Cause they they would really just be monsters. I don't know. So the party's invited by a guard captain, who says like, "Hey yo, thanks for coming." Uh, the next person you need to talk to is I don't know somebody else, maybe on the other side of the town. Maybe it's like a chimera trainer or some shit. Um, or a merchant, maybe. Let me say, go talk to them for more details. Um, party walks on over there, maybe has like a little social encounter along the way, uh, just to space it out a bit. 
and then as they near their destination, you know, maybe like some rocks fall or something. Oh, what if it's like a merchant whose building gets crushed by the rocks and maybe he gets crushed or something? Then, I like then, that. So like, so a merchant like stops the players as they're going by. Uh, they stop, talk to him for a little bit. Um, they move on, and as they're walking away, the it happens and like crushes them behind them. Mm-hmm. I like that. So so now the party's immediately interested in the rocks because it has a tie into the quest that the initial guy gave them. Yeah. So like so yeah so like or like so like the. Uh, so the merchant's like shop has maybe like a tinier rock that like that like blew through the wall, maybe. That like because like like what what would get the guard captain's attention to send people over to to talk to him? Like what you know like well, why? I think it's a totally different plot hook. Um, okay, what, maybe what's... something like he's he needs to like uh, maybe need to like escort him and his wares out of the city or something like that. Okay. Which oh, wait, leads so, you to him, and then as he gets crushed by a rock, well, guess what? That quest line's no longer relevant because he's dead, but you now have a new quest line, you know? Yeah. Okay, so the merchant that stops them isn't the one, like, just isn't a random per- NPC on the way. It's the one that they're supposed to go see. True. Yep. How how are you going to work that with um, the players sitting there talking to him close by him like is this gonna be a near miss for the players or well no the rocks fall after the players walk away but if he's he's the one they're if he's the one they're escorting why don't he walk with them yep well maybe the merchant's like hey you know now that we squared all that away you know go talk to my assistant he's in the storefront out front go talk to him and then the merchant stays back rocks fall crushes the merchant parties a little bit away yeah or, or the party, or the merchants just like, or the mer- the merchants just discussing with them an escort that that's scheduled for like tonight or something, like later in the day, you know, like 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 hey, come back in like two hours and I'll be ready, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So what if it's like they pass? So they're on their way to talk to like a guard, like the the person who's organizing the actual um, caravan. Mm-hmm. Um, the merchant stops the players along the way to be like, hey, you guys are one that's escorted me. How's it going? Like, have them probably know him from the past or one hour, worked with them before. And then he says, um, I'll start packing my stuff up. You guys go on ahead to the uh, guard captain or whatever. And then as they walk away, rocks fall, he's dead. Or she's dead. No, no, I, I, I think you have it backwards. Uh, we were saying that, that the party meets the guard captain, maybe because of like, maybe even like a notice board quest. Well, no, 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 I'm not saying, like, meet the, like, okay, guard captain was the wrong word. Meet up with the other person that's leading the caravan, I guess. Like, the the party is just going to be part of, part of the caravan, but there is, like, one of the guards that are, like, leading the caravan that you guys are supposed to go talk to. I don't know, just a redirection from the, uh, from the merchant to someone else so that he gets crushed and the party doesn't. Well, the... But but then, what if the party's like, oh, he's dead. All right, let's just go talk to the lead guy then. Shit. <laughs> and then they go tell the lead guy that that guy's dead. Well, I mean, that's... Like... I, I, I guess that's an option. Um, <laughs> well, because, like... Because that, that leads us into the next thing. What happens after the rocks fall? Do the players immediately... So, this is this is kind of a... Up-to-player contingency, I guess. Um are the we we have to have an option for 
if the players chase down the Avens because they might not chase down the Avens. They might do something else. I don't know. Um, so Rocksfall, they're, uh, the person that they're supposed to be escorting gets crushed and fucking dies. What do they do next? Yeah. They probably so, either investigate the rocks or go back and talk to the guard um, who assigned them on the quest. And then if they go back and talk to the guard, he's like, yo guys, what the fuck? Go look into that instead. Yeah. That or or what if the what if the guard comes with them to the merchant and like walks with them and then and then the rocks fall, kill like a bunch of people and damage a bunch of shit, and then he he's he's a little like He's like, I'm going to go round up guards to deal with this. You go handle that and, like, points up the mountain. Yeah, that's good, something. too, because then it, that, it, that guard can be included in the social encounter along the way. Yeah. All right. So the rocks fall, the merchant dies. The Avens knocked over the rocks. What are the Avens doing next? Um, I imagine more escaping rocks. or more rocks. Yeah, more okay, rocks. So it's, a, it's it's an attack. They're yeah. doing more rocks. They're 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 doing it before the chimera can, before like the chimera, uh, military can like, uh, can like assemble. So they're literally just they're literally just setting up a bunch of fucking explosions on the. So, so it's gonna be more rocks in the exact same spot, or is it gonna be rocks all along the mountain range surrounding the city? I wouldn't say all. Holy shit! Not all. Not I all. Would, not all around. That that's I, I would that's say full like, on like, war. I would, like, I would say within like within like a three hundred foot span. So the players the players have two options of either take their time to walk all the way around and possibly just completely miss and not be able to catch them, or go straight through it and charge up like have have a better chance of catching them yeah i think because like like i don't want to make it impossible for the players to technically go around but if they go around then like they but like a decent distance will make them actually think about the avians like escaping yeah okay no i like that so the player, so more rocks fall the avians and then the players have the option to either go around or risk it and um, try and get to them quicker. Um, which will then prompt, like, a dexterity checks and shit like that with the rocks falling. Um, cool. Yeah, it's, it's 50 foot, it, it's, it's rough terrain, so they only move 15 feet at a time every six seconds, and the rocks fall at 60 speed. So they just, like, 80 speed or something. So, like, they, they, they see it coming, but it's coming fast and you have you you probably have you probably have six to twelve seconds to get the fuck out of the way of it if it's a big fucking boulder yeah i like that so once the players get to the top though um avens still there battle or the avens take off once they see uh people charging them so they'll probably stick around until they see the party approaching and then they'll try to run yeah but it's going to be real hard for the party to catch up because, you know, Avens are flying, party might not. Yeah. So. Hmm. So what if instead, um, that what if the Avens, you know, generally do get away, away um, which causes... 
this causes the party have to report what they saw. And they're like, hey, yo, we just kind of saw the, the Avens. You know, it looks like they got away. And then that kind of prompts, like, the next phase of the one-shot, where they then have to, like, go on an adventure to where the Avens are to maybe, like, figure out what, what happened or what's going on, you know, investigate the rocks a little bit more. Maybe they'll find some clues, you know, find the location of, like, a new Avon camp nearby, and then infiltrate that camp. Cool. Yeah. I like that. So, so if the players get to the top without alerting the Avens and end up fighting them, then a few of them will be able to escape, no matter what. Yeah. Because they're level like three or four, like they're low level. There's they're not gonna be able to kill all of them if they all have wings. Um, yeah, they can fly. They like they they have the escape advantage here. So. Uh, if, so, and if you really, really want one to get get away, just make it make it a monk avian, and then it, they just step of the wind, and they have their insane fucking movement speed, and they just get the fuck out of there. Yeah, there's no way the party's going to be able to no. kill off like sixteen of them. of them. No, no, no. I I assume that that maybe there's only like I would say maybe there's there's only like six or so. I would say like six or so in this specific location. Yeah, yeah. in this specific location, and then yeah, and then the 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 you like the party looks around and sees like a hundred feet away, like down the ridge, they they see like a group of six more, and then a hundred feet past that, there's a group of six more. Like you know what I mean? Just all doing their, all like setting them off and stuff. Maybe like like every like hundred, maybe every yeah every like every like hundred feet, I'd say maybe there's like a group of avens. That like by the time the party gets to the top to deal with theirs, they see the other ones already like taking off and flying away. What if really? What if what really distinguishes this is this Aven attack from other Aven attacks is that these Avens are actually using chimeras to help them. I think we're crossing into an area that is going to be too difficult, too deep. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. It's way too deep. So, Avens get away. Options have uh, players have two options. They can either chase after the Avens, or they can go back and report their findings to the uh, city officials. Um, so let's play out a little bit both of those scenarios. The players, let, 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 let's let's base, let's go off the more difficult one. I think so. If the players decide to try and chase after the Avens and track them down, you brought this up. Um, they have wings. Players aren't going to be able to make it very far tracking these guys. There's no way. So, is there anything that we can do to give the players a bone so that if they rolled high, something that where they rolled high high enough, they can? No. No, just just no. a straight as like just a straight up. If you can't keep up to the, with the Avens, you're gonna lose them type of thing. Yeah, like you'll be able to like, get like general if, if direction. Of, they'll be able to get general direction. They'll be able to see where they fly, like away from the mountain. Yeah, but then like the players, it's rough terrain. The players are gonna have to climb down the mountain, going 15 feet a turn to to go that direction. Oh, and this mountain's this mountain's huge. Yeah. <laughs> so I like there there's no bone in my opinion there. I would like I I'd, I'd be like I'd be like, hope you guys brought enough rations. <laughs> cool. So then that will lead us to the net to the backtracking. I, I don't know what Brad's thinking about with the throwing them a bone thing. 
Um, I'm not against it. Um, I don't. I, how I don't see how it'd be really super like like, like what would they see like may, like so, again like I, only, I would say like like, like maybe what if, if when, they, what if the attack went wrong and in in the attempt uh, at closing or causing the rockfall, uh, one of the Avens ended up getting trapped and crushed as well at the top of the rock pile. So if the party climbs to the top and looks around, they might be able to find like the dead body of an Aven, uh, which might have like a clue leading to their camp. Okay. Like, I, I'm perfectly okay with like with revealing camp information here. I just don't want the party to be like, like let's go after them and then start running down the hill. Yeah. Like running down the mountain toward the camp. Like the like, only, I think that would be an awful idea. The only way I think you could throw them a bone, like I don't think we should at this point, because um, I like the idea okay of making them it. get information. I'm, but the only way I think they would be able to is if one of the Avians were injured during the battle and they were bleeding. That's the only form of tracks that you'll be able to get from a flying creature. What I I would I don't mind Brad's idea with a dead. Avens. Oh no, I like that. I like that. Yeah, like 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 a dead Aven like blown up or crushed by a rock that like miss like directed or something yeah and then like like they find that at the top right that that's a guarantee like they see them fly away the party's gonna feel hopeless the moment they see them fly away so then boom they're gonna turn to either the guard or they're gonna turn to a dead Aven they found so they're gonna go investigate a dead Aven they're gonna find something what do they find maybe maybe there's a forest that grows a specific flower like down at the base of the mountain and they with like really tall trees or something that Avens like, live in, yeah, just 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 like a redwood forest where Avens live up in like like the tops of the trees, and the party and like there's only like a specific type of flower that grows down there that they love, and maybe they find it on the Aven or something. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. So let's talk about where is the Aven camp. Uh, the the question is essentially in disguise. What what is the next couple encounters going to look like? Do we yeah. want it to be like a cave, a mountain pass, a forest? Like, what are the encounters going to look I'm like? I'm thinking a valley somewhere within the mountains. Like yeah, between, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Between, like, a like a deep enough valley where, like, it, like trees and stuff can gain purchase to kind of, like, piggyback off of Tyler's idea. But, like, still, like, in the mountains and mountains. So, like, kind of like how Jin stars within its own little bowl. Kind of like um, the Avens have their little... At least these where these Avens are from have their own little like little valley yeah. that they just uh, imagine like like an oasis, kind of yeah, in the mountainside where like it's still surrounded by rocks and mountain, but like but there's there's like a little patch of like 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 a hundred like trees or so or like a, like a couple dozen trees, yeah, in, in like its own like secluded area kind of thing, kind of like Rivendell except smaller, yeah, much smaller Rivendell, Rivendell but without the and without the giant uh, and without the in the forest surrounding it yeah so like some trees but not just on a smaller scale i like that yeah. so like so what what avens attack what are we going with here because i don't think if, if we're gonna have a small clan like a small like clan or tribe then we're gonna have to pick one really so like like which even is it are we looking at like aracocra I, th I think aracocra would be too advanced for doing like petty Kind of like rock fall and then live live in like a small tribe maybe unless we like do like a, like, a, like a like a native like kenku can't fly. It's it, I mean for the sake of DMing we can make it that they can. <laughs> then we then we may as well just make a maiden. This Eric. Yeah. Wait, they might as well get what? If we're gonna do kenku that can fly, we may as well just make them Eric Akra. Yeah, literally. Like Eric, Eric, Alternatively, Eric we could do some sort of like harpy 
we haven't really defined what they look like in our world, but we can make them whatever we want. Yeah, I don't care what they look like. I'm more cared about their intelligence intention, and uh, and like personality. Yeah, yeah. I actually think Eric Cocker might be all right here because if this is like a coordinated attack that requires a little bit of like planning and setup and whatnot, then maybe it is appropriate that they're. I'm thinking fucking. I'm thinking of like. Okay, yeah, Eric Cocker is definitely possible. Because like I, I think I'm thinking of like like almost like a native tribe, Eric Cocker. We're like we're like they're 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 not like super advanced, but they're like there still. Yeah, that's that's what they even generally are. Yeah, so. I don't mind that. Yeah. Where where it's like it's it's almost like a, like 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 a less technology based like 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 uh, Wakanda. That's what I'm thinking of. So just a tribe in Africa. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, racist. Do you you said a less technology Wakanda like that's just Africa, like. Isn't that what Wakanda is? It's just I guess. a technologically advanced I guess. tribe. Jeez. <laughs> um, no, I do think Eric Croker is probably the... If we were going to go roll with a forest idea, I think Eric Croker is the best because I feel like harpies will more likely be from caves and then Kenku, they they can't fly. Um, they really, they'd really they be amazing for like espionage and like the guerrilla warfare tactic shit, but they can't fly. So Until I the do... Th- where they have to talk to people. Kenkus can still kind of talk with her mimicry. But, so, we're going with Air Croker then, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, Air Croker in a little mini forest thing. Um, did I say Asimir before, or did I say Air Croker? You said Air Croker. Okay, I, maybe I was thinking Asimir. Gotcha. So... The players get led to this Aarakrokran um, village where, like we said before, or like, I forget, I think it was... Anyway, one of you mentioned it, that since it's kind of, this is a more small-scale attack, um, that it's not kind of like the true avian force. So it's this <laughs> little um, Aarakrokran tribe that's kind of um, trying to make their own dent into things. So... What are the players going to find whenever they get to this little village? And is there going to be any uh, encounters that they come across along the way? Probably not along the way. We're already we're in a one-shot. Yeah. So, like, the fact that um, going to talk to this guard is probably going to take 20 minutes on its own. Talking to the merchant, doing the whole rock thing, climbing in the mountain, fighting like fighting against falling rocks... That's probably gonna take a while. Yeah. So I feel like this um, could probably span like be more of like an adventure. So it could probably go for more than one session. Probably like a two session sessioner. Yeah. But no, I feel like there are definitely enough encounters, especially for the first kind of like part of it. So once the players get to the Aarakrokan Valley, um, yeah, I would say two sessioner. I think that'd be good. Like, like, dude, you, you leave it on a, you leave it off on a cliff on a cliffhanger with finding the dead Aracogra. On a cliff. Yeah. That might be too short. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Because like, what happens at but to that point? You start the session, do introductions, talk to the one guy, walk over to the merchant area, talk to him, and then you do like the one encounter, 
and then like that's it. I feel like that's that's relatively short. If the social encounters go quickly, you don't really have a whole lot, you know. Yeah, that's true. I'd rather not split it off into like sections and just plan it as it is, and then the DM can split it up however they want. True. Okay. So, did, did they encounter? Did the players encounter anything along the way? Did yeah, I figured they could probably have something. Um, Is it gonna be a fight? Is it gonna be? So, what if maybe some of like maybe another like Eric Hawker got injured or something there, uh, and you kind of find like maybe him and like a medic or something along the way, uh, but the rest of the Eric Hawkers kind of kept going. So, so you so you just come across like two Eric Hawker that you just slaughter. Maybe. You could slaughter him, you could try to talk to him. There's a couple different ways to resolve it. Okay. So, that will lead us to what will happen in that interaction. What if they try to talk to them? What is the What are the possible outcomes? So, I feel like the Eric Hawker probably don't want to work with the party too much. So, even if they did talk, they would be incredibly hesitant or probably wouldn't willingly tell them anything. This opens up a good opportunity for maybe a, like, charm-type magic, or maybe some more, like, brutal methods, or something like that, you know? Yeah. So, so no matter what, the Arakokra village will be an encounter, will be a combat encounter. Because I would, I'd be worried about, I'd be worried about players talking to them, and then a DM being like, like, Oh, they're they're kind of friendly to you because you didn't kill them right off the bat, and then next thing you know, the uh, next thing you know, you're friends with the Aracokras. <laughs> well, I would yeah, say I, I would like... just write that the Aracokras just aren't going to be your friend. Yeah, they would rather like yeah. die than work with you. Yeah, and that, then if that, you use magic to charm them, yeah. well, then you just solve that encounter in a different way. Um, but I feel like the most information they give you, even with like charms and shit would probably just be maybe like a little secret about, you know, like the little town that they're from. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like a whole like game-changing discovery here. Yeah, I feel like um, the only way that players can really uh, interact with the Air Croker and talk to them is if they, again, like you said, either charm the Air Croker into letting them talk or like um, disguise self, or if they have a warlock mask of any faces, or uh, anything that will kind of disguise themselves so they can get somewhat of a leg up. But I feel like the Eric Crook are going to be so tight knit that unless you pose yourself as an outside avian from a different tribe, that they're going to probably suss you out pretty quickly. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Maybe the Eric Hawker's not that wounded, and maybe he'd even just, like, resort to, like, flying away slowly uh, if things get too weird. So then what happens at the village? At the village itself, once the players get there, what do see? How big is the population? How is it structured? So I feel like the village is probably very small. It's probably less of a village and more of, like, a camp. So... Okay, how many um how many Aracoka were on the hilltop that they saw fly away? Like two groups of six, or like like one other group of six maybe. I would say maybe one other group of six if so, they're gonna be, what? 
Yeah, if there's like twelve soldiers, yeah. then total. I would. I'd say yeah. the camp probably only has like twenty four, maybe. Yeah, so I would go. I would go. Maybe one. So two groups of six. One of them died from the rock. They find two along the way. So by the time they get to the village, there's only seven left. Or, no, whoa, eight left. Right. Theoretically. Assuming that every single air cockera went on this raid. Yeah, yeah. So maybe like. Yeah, but like, how? What, what's the what's the fucking CR of an Aarakocra warrior? Of course, we need his homebrew one, but like, like, like what's the? Because this is like we a level three party. This is a level three party. I don't. They're they're probably gonna be fighting like like some sort of like like almost like goblin level Aarakocras. Yeah, we we can make the CR anything. Yeah, it's literally gonna be goblin level Aarakocras then, because they're gonna be fighting upwards of like like eight or ten of them. They're going to have to be, like, goblin level or kobold level. They're CR one-fourth. Oh, okay, cool. That's actually really good. That's actually that's actually really good. Okay. So, they, they, they should be able to, A party should be able to handle, like, eight CR... Like, quarter CRs. So, so we could say there's what, like... I don't know. I want to say, like, maybe, like, 12 air cocker left. Um, yeah. Not all of them went on the raid. Yeah. And, like... I think it'd be good if there were a lot of Aarakocra, but the party kills a bunch in, like, the final fight that, like, a bunch just run. Yeah, sure. So, like, so, like even if there are, like, 12 or 15, and the party of, like, four people fight them and kill off, like, they kill off, like, half. They kill, like, seven or so. The other seven just fucking book it. Um, you know? So I think it might be cool if there was, like, a, uh, like, Aarakocra leader or something, that if they ended up killing the leader early then all the rest would flee as their leader falls. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the smaller guys would then exist to protect that leader. Yeah. The leader would so be stronger than the rest. Yeah. Like, the leader would, like... The le- like, the leader would go, like, start right off the bat just, like, hollering orders. Yeah. J- j- just, just, like, just, like, go get them or something. Yeah, give him something. some, like, battle master type abilities. Yeah. Um, where he can... I, I mean, it's level three, but we could still probably throw in a couple legendary actions... As long as those legendary actions are pretty weak. Yeah, like one of them is like is, is like is like is like make make two uh, make two friendly creatures like give them like command them to move like uh, like like half their movement speed extra or something. Yeah, like make a move, give them an extra attack or something. Yeah, yeah. that'd be yeah. cool. I'd prefer then, make a move because I think it'd be really cool for him to be like go get them and then have like have like three of the Arcoga to start like running at you. Yeah. From his command, then that that way you know he's the leader because the, these these guys literally just listen to him like immediately. All right. So what is what does this arena look like? Um, I feel like there might be two good encounters here. Uh, one of them is maybe like some guards patrolling the area on the outskirts of the town or the base or camp or whatever, and then you know within the gate uh, the camp. So, yeah, so what What if it's, like, an oasis of, uh, like, like an oasis of, like, like a few, do- like, 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 like a few dozen trees, and then maybe they have guards patrolling, it's a circle-ish, it's, like, a, it's, like, somewhat of a round, like, like a circular forest, and then they, they, they just have, like, two separate guard controls, like, patrols of, like, three Aarakocra each, just, like, walking, like, walking, like, across from each other. In the circle, like, cl- like clockwise or counterclockwise or something, I think that'd be a cool encounter. So that so they 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 can either choose to wait and see like the patrols like walk by at like almost like perfect intervals, 
like choose to sneak between them. You know what I mean? Something like that. I think that'd be cool. I don't know. Like, like, why would they be walking? They have wings. But on the other hand, wings have to be tiring. What if they're just like perched up on the trees? Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, what if it was like a, like an ambush on the party? Uh, like they're up in the trees or whatever. If the party gets too close, they'll jump down and get like a surprise or whatever. Yeah, or javelins or stuff flying out of the trees. Yeah. I think that'd be funny. That and then... For the inner combat... So what what uh, what does the actual like camp look like? Is it like on the ground or is it like tree houses? Like I don't know what this might look like. I would give it like uh I wouldn't go tree houses because players are going to have a fucking hard time fighting that. That's going to be rough. So like, I would say like maybe there's maybe there there's like a clearing in the middle of the grouping of trees where there's like 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 slightly like lifted like wood houses or stone houses even maybe stone i think stone would be cool all right so hear me out on this one ready if there are tree houses that means that there might be like ladders or some shit or branches or whatever for the party to climb up which allows them to gain a little bit of height because if the arakaka are going to be like flying above the party you also want the party to be able to get some height as well and i feel like adding some tree house type branch things to climb up yeah, uh, could allow the party to have have some height. Yeah, also give the players a chance to do a cool uh, jump off the treehouse and land on the arakaka yeah. type thing. Because if I, most of the arakaka, if as long as we just make them like melee fighters, they can't really abuse too many like ranged attacks and just totally yeah. abolish the party. Yeah, so like, like maybe the only ranged maybe the only ranged arakaka are the ones that ambush the party as guards mm-hmm. or something like that. You know. Maybe it's only like three or maybe it's only like three Aarakocra that are just whipping like javelins. Yeah, just limit limit how many we throw. Yeah. All right. Like a total a total of like two or th- like two javelins each maybe, or something. Yeah. So the boss Aarakocra, that I guess that's really their goal to bring him down, uh, and as soon as they bring him down, the rest of the Aarakocra are gonna fly away. So, what happens after that? They they kill the boss. Then what happens? Um, they they just go back to the guard and tell him what's up, and the guard's like, "Yo, that's pretty sweet." Here's so I feel like thank they, you for that. I feel like they probably want to like loot the body or take his head or something as like proof that they killed him. Um, maybe they also get like a little like map of the area that maybe shows some like strategic point of interest or some plans uh, that they're gonna execute later. I, I think plans of execute later is good because clearly the rock ones were pretty well planned. Yeah. So maybe with that information, uh, they could bring that back to town to you know potentially stop some more rock slide attacks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the rock slide attack was was a diversion, and they they found the they they found the plans for the second attack, so they have to bring them back to the captain that they talked to. And then that, and then like that that that'll be the end of that adventure. Mm-hmm. And then the second adventure would be dealing with that maybe. That we can we can then carry that into a different podcast session. Yeah, so I think that's nice. I like that. Like ending. All right. Um, Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about 
some of like the, the the key characters, you know, key items, location, that that kind of stuff. Because uh, it seems like we have a pretty good idea of what the progression is going to look like. I mean, key locations, I feel like we already kind of like flushed out pretty far. Because mm -hmm. um, we have the uh, guard captain that they talked to initially. We have the merchant shop where they go to. Um, they have the top of the mountain where the uh, air croaker were. You have the dead air croaker body. Um, then you have the wounded air croaker that you guys mentioned, and then you have uh, the air croaker valley. Mm -hmm. So I think those are good for the key locations. Um, so I think we're good there, unless you guys think of anything else. But um, I do think, like you said, we should talk about more about key characters and key items. Yeah. Add a little bit of spice to some of these encounters. So, I want to make the rock climbing encounter a little bit more interesting because I've tried something like that in one of my campaigns, and it's it sounds really cool, but it's really hard to execute properly. One of the reasons why is because number one, um, you, you have to make sure that getting hit by a rock is like a actual risk. If you make it up to just, like, don't stand in the right spot, then it's pretty easy to avoid it as long as you, like, telegraph it at all. And if you don't telegraph it at all, it's random. It'll feel kind of bullshit. Um, I feel like one of the best ways to handle that is just maybe at, at the end of every round or something, uh, you just, like, randomly choose a player and make them do, like, a deck save or something. Yeah. I what agree. you could do is each round you have a set amount of rocks fall in set locations that you know as the DM. That, that um, feels really bullshit for the players. The players can use their reaction to dodge out of the way of the rock. But Why is that not get, just a deck save? I mean, I guess they can get... Re, they can use a reaction to dodge the way out of the rock, the first rock, but any subsequent rocks they have to do deck saves? I, I think know. they should all just be deck saves. Just all deck yeah. saves. Okay. Yeah, I think that gets really micromanagey. Whenever you're talking about like reaction and shit, because like, like why would I like I would never waste a react like, like, the only good thing that would come out of this would be like 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 like, like giving the players two options: you either go for a deck save and possibly fail, or take your reaction to dodge guaranteed. But then like that 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 would get really micromanagey. You'd reaction every so. turn because what else are you spending it on? Yeah, exactly. You would you would reaction every single turn. So then, what are some other threats that might happen during this? Um, I feel like like rough terrain, like rocks slipping out from under you, and maybe like setting back your progress, making you fall a little bit, would be another good one. Like, yeah, like uh, like instead of just deck saves dodging rocks, you have a you have a deck save for. Uh, uh, like sliding, like like sliding back like ten feet or something. Maybe that'll happen if you like dash or something. Like if you just move like your normal speed, then it's fine. But if you like try to dash and go double speed, uh, you might have to do like another deck save to not you know fuck it up. Acrobatic save. Fight me. Uh, climbing is athletics. We're not climbing. You're you literally are. You're walking up a slant. Oh my god. <laughs> 
acrobatics like, for part of the way, and then once it gets steep, then you get to athletics. Like, like if you do a backflip, it's acrobatics. Brad, 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 it's a steep enough hill to like to like to like have your fingertips touch, but it's not steep enough to support yourself with your hands. That's <laughs> just lean forward. No, yeah, yeah, but like, like whenever you lean, like, have you ever gone up like a super steep hill? Yeah. Like, where, like, like, you, you don't need your hands, but they're good to, like, touch the ground with, to, like, keep yourself, like, grounded. But, like, like, like you could probably do it without them. But... Right. I, I, <laughs> I'm not buying it, but whatever. <laughs> nah. Okay. Athletics is fine. Performance. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, performance. I, I, think, I, think a, I think a charisma <laughs> check here would probably really do wonders. Yeah. Survival. Animal survival handling. Check. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll handle the boulder, you fucking scrub. And <laughs> we'll handle the rock. All right, so this encounter is cool because it does have, like, enforced pacing uh, because you do have a time limit to get to the top of the rocks. Now, if the Aarakocra were immediately aware of what's going on, they would just fly away immediately because they would win every time, right? So why aren't the Aarakocra flying away immediately? Uh, players the, are hiding on their way up. Do the players do know, know that there's Aarakocra up there, or do they just rocks falling so they go investigate it? I think they don't necessarily know. Maybe they hear the explosions and they go and investigate Yeah, those. I would say that there are pretty loud explosions. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're they're letting loose, like, boulders. So, so there's, the probably, air, there's probably decent explosions. And the Aarakocra are probably staying away from the explosions, so they're not at the exact location where the rocks are falling at. And also, yeah. they probably wouldn't think anyone's stupid enough to walk up towards falling boulders. Yeah. So the, all those combined can probably be why the air crocra yeah. aren't fleeing. And also, the air crocra that's probably supposed to be watching to let them know if anyone's coming at them is the one that got killed by the boulder. Yeah. We go full circle. I would say, uh, I would say once the players get to the top. Like, I would say the, the boulders aren't aren't necessarily falling from the peak. I'd say like maybe explosives are planted, like at at high up big boulders that might still be on the slant. Like like the air cooker just just picked really big boulders to put these explosives on. Like it didn't matter if it was at the top or not. So maybe like so maybe once the players get closer to the peak, they they like maybe once the players get past the threshold, they they can like they're they're past the part where rocks are falling. Which gives them like time to like actually like like investigate like start investigating over like the over the cusp of where the like Eric are and maybe then they can start like sneaking to try and get the drop on them. You know what I mean? So like like maybe like because I would think I would think like the top of this place is probably like covered in rocks like big fucking rocks like you know like like crags and shit. Mm-hmm. So maybe the players, once they get up high enough, they, they can start hearing Eric Croker talking to each other, and then they, they, they can choose to attack directly. Then the Eric Croker would flee before they even get reached. Or they can choose to try to sneak up as close as they can before attacking. You know? Something like that. If the Eric Crokers are sitting back from the edge. Pretty decently. Yeah, that's fair. The Eric Croker might not actually see him until a little bit later. Wait, what did you say? Sorry. Yeah, the aircocker might not see him until like a little bit later. Uh, they yeah. might be focused on the next plant instead, so that makes sense why they may not see him. So, if the players are not stealthy, uh, they might see him like halfway up or something, and then that kind of starts the timer. Yeah. Um, but if they are stealthy, they might be able to make it almost the whole way to the top before the aircocker notice. Yeah. So that's cool. 
How are the air croakers setting off these explosions? Fire arrows, magic, uh, timed thing, uh, fuses, that's what they're called. <laughs> Alchemist fire. Um, Alchemist fire? Yeah, just bombs. Okay. So just a fuse that they threw on it and then ran away? Yep, yep just really long fuse bombs. Run away! And then they, they find that, they find that at the top. And they find a few long fuse bombs, like like with like fuses of like six feet or something that burn for like like a few minutes before exploding. That that gives them all time to like light all of them. Which explains why they're going off like like every couple seconds to like every few minutes because the fuses are really long. Oh, that'd be cool. Maybe once they got to the top they realize that another one's already been set off and they have to, you know, go deal with that shit or you know, yeah. Cousin of the like, like, yeah, they, 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 they can choose to, like, what if they get to the top, right? And then, like, the Arakokra are clearly getting ready to leave. So, like, they have the option, they have, they have the option of either going to stop that big boulder from exploding or going to interrupt the Arakokras from leaving and try to kill one of them. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Because, like, I like ultimatums. I like, I like, I like stress. I like giving my players stress. It's like you make it to the top. You notice a bomb's about to go off 60 feet from you to your left, and then you notice the Aarakocra are getting ready to leave 60 feet in front of you. Mm. What do you do? <laughs> kind of thing. Cool. Uh, so that kind of spices up the rock climbing encounter. Um, we said that there's a traveling encounter between the top of the rock climbing thing and uh, the town. That's the... Um, the injured Aarakocra. So we kind of said that they were a little bit like hesitant to work with you without being like externally influenced. Um, eventually, like they'll keep refusing to work with the party pretty much no matter what. Um, there's not a whole lot that the party could say to change their minds. So have... if they and... keep pressing the Aarakocra too much, what might they do? Okay. Um... So I thought of an interesting thing about this, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about the ambush of the camp. Yep. So what if, so the players here have a few options to deal with these guys. They can try to talk to them, and uh, the Aarakocra will fly away if they get pushed too much. Mm -hmm. Right? So the Aarakocra will fly away if they get pushed too much. They'll fly away if the players let them fly away because they're injured. Sure. Or the players kill them. So I'd say two of those three, the, the, the two where the Aarakocra can fly away chooses to go and alert the camp flies away from like away from the camp but then like circles back before the players get there yep and then that that causes the ambush to happen and then if the players kill them on the spot then there's no ambush because they probably assume nobody's following them really like they they, they were they they were clearly not uh they were clearly not worried about somebody following them whenever they just let this guy land because he's injured and they didn't stay with them. Mm -hmm. So I'd assume that they just weren't worried about anybody following them. So is there any situation where they do not fly away? Um, they get killed. Uh, okay, they, 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 they killed or bound. That's probably the only thing I can think of. Okay. I mean, I can't think of any other reason for them not to fly away. Or they're just too injured. Maybe they walk away. <laughs> I, I really can't think of any other like scenario that would cause them to not want to get the fuck out of there, you know? Yeah. Like, logically, at least. 
I can't think of anything. Where the Eric Oker is getting pushed for information, right? And he doesn't want to fly away because he assumes that he's going to be shot down before he gets far because he's injured, right? So what if, what if your players have a if he thinks he's going to die anyway? What if so? So the only the only way he flies away is if the players let him. Ergo, he goes and alerts the camp. But he either dies by them, or what if the players have a perception check to see him possibly lighting one of the bombs in his bag? So either way, he's dying. He'll kill himself with a bomb. But he doesn't want to keep being pressed for information. Because he would rather die than work with them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, yeah. No, yeah, I think that's I think that's a couple good op- or options. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're not getting written down anywhere, but, like, like us talking about them, like, gives people, gives people like, thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people can definitely come up with interesting stuff. I'd, I'd personally do the bomb one. I think that'd be cool. Like, a perception check to hear if you hear hissing. Yeah. Or something. He'd probably only do that if uh, he knew he was really fucked. If I mean, the conversation's no, uh, going really bad. Well, if they're not sneaking, if they're not sneaking and he knew that they were coming, maybe he would choose to do that. Maybe he would choose to like, like lay a trap or something for them. Yeah. For the party. Because if the party's like stomping down the fucking mountain toward him and he, he's injured like laying in like a ditch almost, like up against a rock, he's probably going to hear them coming and have enough time to like, like get up and have enough time to like light a bomb in his bag or something. Because it, it, it takes like a few seconds, like, like, with the bombs up on the cliff, they, like, something along, like, 30 seconds to, like, a minute or so, you know, like, a few minutes, so, like, he could have just lit the bomb and then talked to them and see what happened, and then if he, uh, if they let him go, he flies away and then the bomb explodes in the bag that he left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine the players going to check the bag while he's flying away? That'd it's a funny. fucking bomb. That, that, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm loving the bomb that. idea. <laughs> Whether he blows himself out or leaves it behind accidentally, quote. Mm-hmm. All right. So last last yeah. encounter, you kind of have uh, the, the situation with like the the leader Eric Akra. So, is there any possibility that he is willing to negotiate? I feel like he's probably going to attack on site no matter what. I don't think there's anything the party can really do to change that. Um, I think he's set. He's either going to die protecting his tribe or he's going to kill these people. I don't think there's going to be any... I don't think he's going to... I don't. If, if the guy with the bomb was willing to blow himself up, I think this guy is pretty fucking hardened on, you know, not dealing with the devil. Like, I don't like railroading, but, like, like I wouldn't consider this railroading. I would consider it, like, literal, like, character choice. Like, like, the, like the, the, this is what they would do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not railroading if nah. that's just what happens, you know? Right. Railroading gets a bad rap. Don't at me. Yeah. Like, like when people think railroading is, like, is, is, is like oh, you, you didn't give us, you didn't give us two or more options for every single thing. How dare you railroad us? Yeah. And I'm like, that is not how the real world works. Like, <laughs> you, like, like if you if you talk shit to somebody to their face, you're not gonna have an option of negotiating with them and an option of talking more shit. 
like <laughs> there there isn't going to be the there isn't like the the option to negotiate with them is closed like it has it has gone away <laughs> mm-hmm. like people are like people are like oh oh you didn't give me more than one option oh what a shitty dm <laughs> and i'm like i'm like oh sorry that that rock that was falling toward you was meant to fall up the hill you're right that was the other option it was meant to get, like, fuck. jesus christ Right. Anything right. else you want to talk about for this particular adventure? Nothing I can think about. I'm pretty good. No, I think it's pretty well laid out. We have, we have a lot of we have some things that cause consequence for other things down the line, and players tend to like that. I think. At least I tend to like that as a player. Mm-hmm. I, I like seeing like like changes happen because of decisions I've made. I guess one of the big takeaways I'd want to have the listeners take away from this one um, is just kind of the idea of like the thought process behind building an adventure like this in an existing world. You can kind of take like different groups of like people, places, bad guys, conflicts, and then just kind of like explain what that might look like and create a situation that the players can then like experience and have a little bit of like you know agency in. Um, this is probably one of like the simplest type adventures. Um, in fact, this would maybe be one of like the first or second adventures that a party might do uh, at the beginning of a campaign. You know, it's something not super tied in with any like overarching plot. Uh, it kind of you know sets the world up a little bit. Um, kind of gives them a good little taste of, you know, what's around, what's to offer, you know, who some of the key players might end up being. It's a big uh, lore, it's a big lore dump. Yeah, but not like, it's not like a lore dump, it's just kind of like, this is the world, go experience it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's really fun. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of the Dudes and Drinks podcast. I just summarized it a minute ago about, you know, how you can incorporate this into the world. Uh, and I think this is, you know, a really fun exercise to kind of help refine out the world and how it works, the people in it. Um, not only for, you know, maybe like a DM's perspective where they get to see, you know, how everything works, but from, you know, our perspective where you get to flesh out our world and put it into practice, which is, you know, really what I'm doing it for. So anyways, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Twitter you know, at Dudes and Drinks. Uh, join our Discord, post it on the Twitter, uh, follow uh, the, the, the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you like, uh, you know, send us an email, you know, dudesanddrinks at gmail.com if you really want to. Uh, anyways, yeah, thanks for, thanks for tuning in, everybody. You know, it's always a blast. I'll see you next time.